Every week we bring you what we call a prophecy update. It's just uh, really scouring the news and seeing the trends in the world and uh, reading them from the viewpoint of Bible prophecy and seeing how things are lining up in these last days. Jesus said, uh, you know, you can look outside and figure out what the weather's going to be. Uh, and you know, do you ever get through a whole day without talking about the weather? Have you ever done that in your whole life? Somebody always, I try, and then somebody, or me, you always end up saying, hey, what a beautiful day, or you know, something like that. And so we're familiar with that. And so the Lord said, hey, if you can see what the weather's going to be by the signs, you can see the times in which we live by the prophetic signs. And since we read Bible, uh, the Bible literally, including Bible prophecy, it's interesting to see how far we are into uh, the last days or how short it is before the Great Tribulation and some of these events begin. And so uh, lots of times we talk about John's vision on the island of Patmos back in the first century because John envisioned a time when there would be a cashless society and that each individual would have a personal identifier. He said it would be a mark on the hand or on the forehead. And you'd, just, you'd do all your business that way. You'd conduct all your business and uh, relate to the government and all of that. And then in the future Great Tribulation, in the middle of that period of time, once everybody's on board with that system, the man we know as the Antichrist, he's going to step forward and say, Hey guys, I'm God. I just need you to do one small thing, and that is worship me. Uh, and if you don't swear allegiance to me, you're going to get cut off from all society. You won't be able to buy or sell anything, and you won't be able to transact anything with the government, and we're uh, also going to hunt you down. And so, very interesting as we see the advance of technology, especially just in the last couple of years, uh, that makes all of this at least potentially possible. And so I find these articles fascinating. For example, on April 13, Bloomberg.com posted a story titled, Wells Fargo Tests Microchip Credit Cards for Globetrotting Clients. Here's some excerpts from that article. Wells Fargo and Company, the U.S. bank with the most branches, is testing microchip embedded credit cards with frequent travelers to address complaints of customers who have trouble using their cards abroad. The pilot program announced today marks the first effort by a major U.S. bank to deploy Visa credit cards with so-called EMV chip technology, which is a standard in Europe and much of the rest of the world. Here's a quote. It's not an infrequent message from our customers of the acceptance challenges they have when they go overseas. Eric Schwindewolf, vice president of product development for Wells Fargo Consumer Credit Card Unit, said yesterday. We want to remain top of wallet wherever our customers are. The lender is preparing to notify 15,000 customers it identified as frequent travelers, including college students and clients of its private bank, that they've been invited to participate in the pilot. The cardholders will receive the EMV cards in the middle of the year. The U.S. is among the last developed nations whose payment system relies primarily on cards with magnetic strips and hasn't yet adopted EMV. Then on April 6th, theregister.com posted a story titled, Salt Lake City Goes Wallet-Free with ISIS. Here's some excerpts from that story. ISIS has selected Salt Lake City as its flagship deployment to show the rest of the United States what it can do for them. The plan will see Salt Lake City's public transportation system accepting pay-by-wave from a mobile phone by the middle of next year. 
Retailers have also been encouraged to adopt near-field communications technology at the point of sale, as Salt Lake City strives to become, quote, the place you can leave your wallet at home. ISIS was set up less than six months ago. Uh, the network operators using it include AT&T, uh, T-Mobile, and Verizon. Those are hard news stories. I ran across this uh, opinion piece describing the technological advances in the country of Estonia and then making some conclusions. Here's what it says. Estonia made the headlines in 2000, an e-lifetime ago, when it introduced paperless government. Since then, the 1.3 million strong nation has remained a pioneer among EU member states when it comes to e-society. Estonian parents check the academic progress of their children online. Estonia's e-police are just a click away from knowing whether the car you are driving has valid insurance or is due for a road safety test. Doctors write electronic prescriptions and would-be entrepreneurs can electronically register a new business in under 20 minutes. Meanwhile, Estonians no longer go to the bank. They log on to it. Only tourists buy paper tickets for the public transport system. Everyone else does it via the Internet and the use of their obligatory electronic ID card or their mobile phone. All of them vote electronically. While there is opposition against the electronic personal ID card in the United States, the success will overrule it eventually. Is there an alternative? No. Whether we call it an electronic ID, a printed paper ID, or a driver's license, the various systems all will meet in the end. A modern society cannot function in a civilized manner without a workable identification system. Without proper ID, there's no bank loan, no utility service, no access to the educational system, no health care, and the innumerable other social conveniences. All cannot be utilized without an ID. In the end, as all Bible believers know, this will lead to the final virtually perfect identity system, which is also called the mark of the beast. And so pretty interesting stuff. Exactly the kind of news you'd think you would be reading if we were living in the last days prophesied by the Bible, because we are. You'd be seeing advancements in technology that make the kind of thing John saw in the first century possible and probable. I remind you every week that though we follow the fulfillment of these things, we're not really waiting for any one thing to be fulfilled because Jesus said he could come back any moment to resurrect and rapture the church. And so our eyes are always up looking for Jesus to rapture us, uh, to take us home. Uh, but it is exciting to see that we're living in these days. We can use it as a tool for evangelism uh, and it can greatly encourage us uh, to keep our heart and mind set on the Lord. So we want to be rapture ready. If not, we want to get ready and stay ready and keep looking up because ready or not, Jesus is coming. Amen?